Yo, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Fam. It's your boy Stu, where we have relevant conversations for this moment that we're in right now. Yo, right now we've been talking particularly about like parables and just how important parables are uh, and just what they are and why they matter to this particular moment right now, especially as we're thinking about like our spirituality and and shaping our lives as a, as a community and, and really shaping our lives as people. I was actually reading in one of my favorite books the other day. It's entitled The Good Book by the late Peter Gomes. Peter Gomes was the longtime senior minister at Harvard Memorial Church. And one of the things that Peter Gomes wrote in that book, which is actually a book on the Bible, reading the Bible with your mind, your heart and your spirit in the good book, is that the Bible is a public text. It is a text uh, that so many people garner ideas, garner theologies, garner principles from. Uh, but it is also a personal and living text. And I want to lean into that definition of being a living text, particularly as we think about parables and, and how do we see ourselves in this parable, particularly the prodigal son. The Bible is a living text. We know in Hebrews it says that the, the Bible is a two-edged sword. It is something that's living, something that is alive and active, um, which means that whenever you open the Bible, it's not just simply a book of rules, a book of morals. It is first and foremost a book of stories. And what the Bible does for each of us is it asks us when we read it, where do I find myself in this place, in this story. As a church community, we've been go going and journeying through uh, the parable of the prodigal son. For those who are not super familiar with it, uh, it is a story of a young man who wants his inheritance. It is actually first, first and foremost, a, a fictitious story that Jesus told that bears truth to reality. And in this story, as Jesus is gathered around the people, Jesus tells the story of a young man who wants his inheritance and ends up running away from home. Uh, as he's running away, he's going through all these struggles and things are just not going right. He loses everything and he finds himself traveling back home, having to make the courageous decision to get himself up, dust himself off and go back to where he came from, which actually was the safest place for him to be. What's interesting about that story is that there are three main characters in this story. There's the father, the son, the younger son, and the older son. When the younger son gets back, the older son gripes and complains. And the father corrects him and says that you have been with me always. Should we not celebrate, that's me paraphrasing, should we not celebrate the returning of this lost son of mine? And it hit me as I was thinking about this story and this Bible story coming alive. Why is it so hard for us to celebrate as people who have always been in church and all that, all those things and been in spiritual communities and spiritual environments? Why is it so hard for us to celebrate the person who returns? Then it is, you know, to kind of grieve over their journey back home. I feel like so many of us in churches, we, we often make the failure uh, of seeing ourselves as morally superior to others. 
Uh, you remember in the Bible that story of the man who's praying, say, God, I'm not like this person. And I believe that Christian faith would be much more healthy and healing if we understood from this story that God wants us to welcome people rather than try and force them to, 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 to almost force them to feel as if they're unworthy. I'm even thinking about so many people in church communities today, think about 2020 and, and so many people leaving the church. There was this New York Times article entitled The Great Exodus. And of course, this was talking about white Christian churches and people leaving because of the um, white Christian love of Donald Trump and, and all things, you know, white Christianity, white Christian nationalism, all those things. But there is also something true in that statement about churches in general that so many people in churches in general are leaving because they don't feel like there's room for them to 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 be seen to be loved to be inspired and be protected and i wonder if that is also the case for the both the older son and the younger son i wonder if the older son is like so many of us who who feels like, yo, we're doing all these great things and we're doing all these wonderful things and we're being obedient, we're being moral, we're, we're putting in the time, we're putting in the work. But it seems as if like our work is bringing back minimal gain. And not just minimal gain, minimal affirmation. And how could we blame the older son for being angry in that moment? Oftentimes he's cast as the villain in this uh, story. I'm reminded also of uh, the great late Rembrandt, the artist uh, who drew actually one of the most famous pictures of the prodigal son. And and in this moment where a father and son is embracing the son is on his knees and uh, in in hugging the father, the father hugging him back in the in the backdrop. You see the son, the older son darkened as if like he's the villain of the story. But I want to be careful to make him the villain when actually he probably was a person who actually was legitimately wounded because he didn't get the affirmation and the love and the care that he should have had the whole time. So who would want to remain in the house where they have to do all the work and receive very little to no praise? I know I wouldn't want to be in the house. I wouldn't with my children. I wouldn't want my children to be raised in that environment. And so when we think about this story, when we think about the father, the son, the younger one, the older one, journeying back home, dealing with our real feelings. There's something about this story, back to Peter Gomes's thought, that should come alive in our lives. That there's something about this story that should ask us, get us to ask, like, where do I find myself in this story? What, what are the things in my life that I feel that I'm working hard at that is not being affirmed? And how is that making me bitter? in this season how is that making me callous to the journey of another person who was once gone have gone through a lot and now is back but then also how can i be real and honest about what i actually feel how can i feel be real and honest about how i feel left out and how it is not god's will for anybody to feel unloved and left out but then I think about the younger son, like 
as PG been preaching, like what are those places in our lives that has driven us far and far and far away from alignment to our purpose? I was actually studying this idea of alignment and, and looking up the definition of alignment. And, and when I looked at that definition, it said that it's, it's either an arrangement, you know, in a straight line or a correct appropriate relative position, or it's a position in agree, agreements of alignment or community. And so when you think about both of those definitions, one is about, you know, where am I positioned relative to this straight line? If you can think about this straight line as the direction I should be headed, where am I positioned as it relates to this straight line? But then also, how am I also being positioned in agreement with others who can help me get in line? One of the things that I'm so thankful about community as a, as a just as a project, community as a thing, is that in community, we are not only challenged and held accountable, but we also find the encouragement and the purpose and the love that we need to get back on track when we have faltered. It's almost like if you're, if you're a person who likes to work out, when you go into the gym, you have a trainer and that trainer, their job is not just simply to get you to show up to the gym. Their job is to do whatever they can to get you to the next rep. Too often we, as people, we think that the job of the trainer is to get us to the final destination. When in actuality, it is us who get us to the final destination. It is just a trainer that allow us to kind of clear our mind, to help us learn how to like, like what to do, when, where, how. They're really, in some sense, are really a cheerleader for us on the way to our goals. And that's just like community is that community, you know, doesn't necessarily get us to the destination of being in alignment with our purpose, though it can do that. What community does is allow us to receive the type of help and encouragement we need to be aligned with the purpose that God has for us right now. And if you're anything like me, <laughs> you know that sometimes, you know, you falter. Sometimes you kind of get out of line, whether that's through stress or whether that's through challenges, whether that's through limited time and things like that. You don't always you're not always aligned with like putting in the time the way you need to. So therefore, one of the things you do is you first and foremost get help. Like what would have happened to this son, this younger son, if he would have been so arrogant as to believe that the place he was in far low in life was still like a place where he could not ask for help in. And I wonder, have you tried just simply asking for help this week? Like, have you tried simply asking for help? Like, who is it in your life? Like, who is it in your life that can help you get aligned with your purpose? I was reminded of this when I was actually talking to my therapist and I was asked, like, yo, like, like, what is it that you need help with in this season of life? For many of you, you you know me as Tab Global Digital Minister, you know, and 
podcaster now uh, <laughs> with that. But I'm also a writer. You know, I'm also a husband. I'm also, you know, a student and a speaker. I traveled the country and talk about life and 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 my book and and just this this country and, and and the direction we're headed. And one of the things that I noticed is that over the last year, you know, little by little, my capacity was shrinking. My time capacity was shrinking as my dream capacity was widening. And if your time capacity and your dream capacity is out of whack, if one is wider than the other, if the time capacity is wider than the dreams, then you will not be productive. You know, you're just doing time. You just have time, but you're not directing it into something that's meaningful, that's purposeful for your life. But if your dream capacity is far greater than your time capacity, you're going to get burned out. Evidently, at some point, you're going to lose the sheer wheel of your grit and the limitation of time. It's actually going to catch back up with you. So my therapist was asking me, what do you really need help with in this season? Because in this season right now, it's not a season where you're not going to be harmed at all because you're going to have to do hard things. It's just a lot in life. And that's the lot in all of our lives. We all have hard things that we're going to have to do, whether we're the son, whether we're the father, whether we're the oldest son. There are hard decisions that we have to make. There are hard things that are going to that, that we have to do, whether that's forgiving others, whether that's showing up for others, whether that's giving up bitterness, whether that's being courageous and, and realizing where we are and being self-aware and having enough unction and self-love to say this is not the place I'm to be. All of us are going to have to do hard things. But as my therapist was saying, what is what do you need help with in this season to reduce the harm? So I simply said, I need a therapist, check. <laughs> I need childcare, and I need an assistant because I need things to help me get my life in order because I don't have the capacity to do all that I want to do. It's better to do something great later than to do something terrible right now. As I think about the son and all these characters in this text, I wonder what is going to help you in this season right now? Just ask yourself this question. Like, what is going to help me in this season right now to let go of whatever is harming me and embrace whatever will guide me and align me? If you're the son who found himself far away, maybe the thing you have to let go of is unforgiveness of the reason why you had to leave, quote unquote, home. And maybe you have to embrace standing up for yourself and saying what I experienced then I refuse to experience right now. And if I'm going to come back, I don't want to come back the same way, either as a person or in the same environment. Maybe that's what you need to embrace is the power of your own voice. The power of your own life. If you're the older son, 
and you see somebody coming back, maybe it's somebody trying to get back in a relationship or somebody being restored or whatever, or maybe an opportunity coming back that once left you, you know, and you may be bitter that in a season it wasn't happening, but now and all now it wants to show up when you're in a different place. Maybe the thing you have to let go of in this season is expectation. There is nothing I don't think that gets close to the heartbreak of what happens when you feel like your expectations have been disrespected and betrayed. And I think this is something that this son was facing. He was facing the reality of what happens when your expectations are disrespected and betrayed. And maybe the thing to let go of in this season is that expectation, that affirmation will come from someplace or that finally and fully what you truly desire to be seen and love will come from this affirmation. I'm reminded of Henry Nouwen, the late Henry Nouwen. He has a book entitled Reaching Out, The Three Movements of the Spiritual Life. Uh, where he th- thinks about, you know, the relationship between lo- from loneliness to awareness. And he says that when we're moving from loneliness to awareness, and I think that expectation being betrayed and dis- disrespected is a very lonely place. I know that has happened in my life. You know, you have to continually rehearse, you know, the voice of someone who has said you're not trustworthy or you're not worthy. And that becomes the loudest voice in your life. And that's a very lonely place. So Henry Nowen says when we're moving from loneliness to awareness, we have to be very careful of the danger of the final solution. And what that danger is, what he calls the danger of the final solution, is believing that if you had this thing or if you experienced that thing of this or if you had this or that, then finally you will feel love and better. That's just not always true. But what is true is that if you learn to let go of the right things, then your expectation will be guided by wisdom and not guided by insecurity. And I wonder if that was the truth of that son. Maybe he was insecure. I know I have been. I continue to struggle with insecurity. Wondering why somebody else got something that I don't have. Wondering why somebody is experiencing something that I'm not experiencing. And out of insecurity flows competition. And whenever you feel like you're competing with other people, it is almost impossible to love them and to celebrate them. So maybe he needs to give up expectation, let go expectation, and embrace his own self-worth. He is worthy. You are worthy. You are enough. And when you believe that you are enough, then you will understand that the affirmation you were desiring the whole time from other people is actually the gifts in yourself that are already there just waiting to be uncovered. And lastly, maybe in this season, you're a father who has to be between two people who are bickering, who who have tension, and you're a mediator. But you have the power, 
you know, to 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 affirm or cut off. You have the power to do things and change people's lives. And maybe one of the things the father has to let go of is that authority is about decision making rather than authority being about care. As in this context, in this culture, being the head of the household, the father, the one with the money, the inheritance. I think for parents, one of the things we struggle with is like, yeah, our, our job isn't always to guide our kids, per se. Sometimes it's, we're just there to love them in whatever way they need. And maybe we have to forgive ourselves for the ways in which we've neglected one over the other and embrace the truth that both of these children, both of these people are human and therefore gifts and deserve the best things we have to offer. And not just settle for the normalcy of, okay, you're around, so everything is good. Maybe everything isn't good. Maybe you need to listen in the season to somebody who's been crying out close to you, who you've been too busy for, you ain't had no time for, you ain't, you, ain't, you ain't worrying about. Maybe maybe in this season, it's time to just pause and give up the busyness and think about that one person who you know or may not know and may have to think about who's been calling out for you, who needs to hear your affirmation and voice in this season. So to conclude this episode, I want to give you this affirmation that I have really loved lately. Um, and it is actually from one of my favorite uh, follows on social media. Um, her name is Alex L. Uh, and she's a writer. And one of the affirmations that I love from her, she writes, today I affirm my worth is not contingent on how others choose to love me, but how I choose to love myself. Let me read that again. My worth is not contingent on how others choose to love me, but how I choose to love myself. What do you need to let go of in the season? What do you need to embrace? What do you need to affirm right now and in this moment about your life, about what you're feeling? And how can that be a way for you to meet others where they are at, to understand yourself and come to a self-awareness, to realize that God has something God wants to do through you. But most of all, God wants you to heal something in yourself and somebody else. All right? Cool. I think we can do it. Well, that concludes our episode of Let's Talk Fam. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Hope you would share far and wide and just listen and be, you know, cared for. This really podcast is about caring for our souls 
like renewing our minds, encouraging our spirits, affirming the things that we need to affirm in ourselves and to talk about things that are going on in this moment. Talk about things that's happening in the life of our church and happening in the world. Things that, you know, I, I know that many of us need and, and, and long for. Uh, and things that I think can really be helpful for. So make sure you share, make sure you show love, make sure you show up for the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. But most of all, I hope you find everything you need today in this various moment. Breathe in. Breathe out. And let you know, let yourself know I'm okay. It's all good. Until next time, to where we talk again. Take care, fam. Be blessed.